the best time of the day show. Back in 1990, I backed the wrong um, satellite horse in that instead of joining Sky TV, I joined British Satellite Broadcasting. You may or may not remember them because they only lasted a few months. They were the ones with the square eel rather than the satellite dish. And uh, they were supposedly going to be the upmarket ones. But what actually happened is that they burned through their cash far quicker than Sky did. So there was, quote, a merger, which meant that Sky took over every, everything at BSB and we all got fired, more or less, immediately. In fact, so much so that they, we got fired so comprehensively and so quickly that I was told, we'll give you a cheque. And I said, that's not the remainder of my contract. Well, put it this way. We'll give you a cheque for this amount, or you can whistle, and you can take us to court, and you may or may not get the rest of your contract paid off, but it could take years. So, all right, fair enough. I'm not wanting a fight. I'll take the cheque. And they said, well, while you're about it, um, we are trying to reduce the amount of redundancy fees. So we were trying to get trying to get rid of a lot of engineers up at Sky, but we instead of firing them, we wanted to turn them into script writers for the movie channels and things like that. So they need a bit of training. Really? Yeah. So do you think you can write all of the the, uh, the scripts for the movie channels from now on until we've got them trained up? I said, yeah, it'll cost you. Oh, name your price. So I actually got paid more than I would have done. So that was a, a happy ending to that. But the one or two of the engineering type people, the technical staff, left behind when uh, Rupert Murdoch's Sky merged, in inverted commas, with uh, British Satellite Broadcasting. The first thing they did was put up uh, CCTV in reception. And someone I knew was summoned to... Uh, be, I think his name was Sam Chisholm. He's dead now. He's a huge, terrifying Australian. Wouldn't take any nonsense out of anybody. And he was marched into this bloke's office. who went, You have been spotted stealing transmission tapes! He went... What do you mean? What are you talking about? We've got you on CCTV, stealing the bloody things. I can show you the film. Went, all right, show me the film. There, look, you with a great pile of boxes leaving the building. Going, no. If you look carefully, that's me with a big pile of pizzas coming into the building. One of the many joys of, of, of working as I have done in the, in the radio industry is you get to meet all sorts of really talented people and one such, I, one of the, the joys of the show, of doing the job that I did was actually you could go and do concerts from time to time whereby you would meet musicians and composers and arrangers and people who had knew all these dark arts of dots on paper and conducting orchestras and things like that and all i did was the announcer just sort of introduce the tunes as well ladies and gentlemen please welcome your conductor this evening so and so and that was all i had to do and these people would turn up and make all this magical music but also musicians generally are a fairly thirsty bunch of people and so therefore it's like herding cats a lot of the time and so therefore trying to get them all on stage or before the concert started rather than leaving you know the brass section in the boozer is kind of quite difficult but there's also a lot of rehearsal goes into uh, providing a, a top quality concert and um, one lunchtime i was doing doing a series of concerts and was actually sitting in the pub and got chatting to one of the guys who was uh, who was the arranger and he was doing a bit of conducting and stuff like that but he'd actually been arranging various tunes for a full orchestra his name was pete 
You know, so chatting away. Yeah, I said, you know, how did you get into this then? So, oh, you know, it was sort of what I did in national service, and I was in the military band, etc. And you know, I always liked music, and I just sort of fell into it. Or Tin Pan Alley, etc. And I used to do the odd uh, bit of music. Um, you know, some of them you might have heard of. I said, uh, oh, really? Yeah, Asteroid. I did Asteroid. I'm sorry, Pete. Asteroid. You probably best know it as the theme tune to Pearl and Dean. Well, what you did the Pearl and Dean theme? He went, yeah. Pete Moore, pleased to meet you. He went, oh, you must be loaded. He went, no, I'm not. It was library music, so therefore he got a fee, a flat fee for doing it. But he said, but it is. He said, it is pretty cool, actually, to know that you're the guy that wrote the Pearl and Dean theme. When I was growing up, technology wasn't something that we featured very. He- well, didn't feature very heavily in our family, to be perfectly frank. Uh, we had a, a black and white TV for years and years and years from Radio Rentals. Uh, even long after colour TVs came in, we still had a black and white one because the colour TVs were too big to fit on a shelf. And my dad had made a shelf. And so therefore, it wasn't until the arrival of the Sony Trinitron with its sort of three-inch screen that we would actually have a colour TV. So therefore, you know, you were just looking at this little dot in the distance, but there were some blurry colours. Likewise, stereo. We didn't have it. We had an old radiogram. And this radiogram, I think, had been passed down through the family, but it was definitely, uh, certainly a 1950s machine. It was, you know, they would say a nice bit of furniture, nice tone, totally mono. But what it had was it had an auto changer. Now, this is something that you may have to Google if you're of a certain age, uh, because what you could do is you could put a stack of records up on this thing and it, one would plop down. It would then play it and then stop. And then the next one would plop down. So it meant you didn't have to get up. And in fact, even earlier than this, in the very, very old days, if you wanted to hear an entire concerto, you would buy it in a certain form. So that in fact, side one will be on the first LP. If you like, side two will be on the second one, side three on the third, and side four on the fourth. So then you turn the whole stack over and you get to side, and it worked from there, you see. But ours was elderly and rather temperamental. And uh, my dad, you know, not necessarily having the patience of Job when it came to things like that, he'd have a hard day and he would want to listen to some nice, soothing classical music. And of course, what would happen, he'd put the thing on the auto changer and it would start. And then about halfway through, about four notes in, it would decide to switch itself off. So you'd have to get up and put the thing back on again. And then it would drop two records down rather than just the one. So therefore, the, the next movement would disappear. There'd be the, the third movement, tread the second. And this drove into distraction until eventually I could. Can still remember you could always tell with my dad when things got to the stage where he could no longer contain himself as a fairly mild-mannered gentleman but given to intellectual pursuits and thinking through problems there are times when only violence would do this occasion was just one such when the radiogram refused to play his favourite piece of music or whatever for the umpteenth time, there was a roar and he exploded from the armchair and rushed away into the garage and reappeared several minutes later with a hacksaw where he had promptly attacked the radiogram and hacked the mechanism off. You had no no chance of actually using a the radiogram in its initial form as an auto changer. There was no, the spindle was just sawn off. So therefore, you only put one record on there, and that was bet. And, and he sat down, but he just had to keep getting up to turn the record over time and time and time again. The only other time I think I saw him where he actually went completely bonkers was some somebody, some kind-hearted person for Christmas had given me a puppet, a string, you know, string puppet. Lovely. It was a clown, I think it was. But, of course, if you're like five, what happens with those puppets? You keep getting the, the, 
you, yes, you keep getting the strings tangled up, don't you? So what do you do? If your five is very difficult to unstring, unthread all the problems, the knots from this, this puppet, so you go, da 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 Okay, give it here. Untangle, untangle, untangle. Now, this is how you do it, okay? Right, okay. Two minutes later. Da, 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 da. Look, just be more careful, will you? For goodness sake, you, you just don't, you just be more careful. You, so you won't get it knotted up. Okay, there. Da, 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 da. Roar! He snatched it from my hands and disappeared in the garage. And I can report several seconds later, he reappeared. And I didn't have a puppet. I had a doll. Now, one of the things in my early days of local radio was the fact that you didn't broadcast 24-7. You broadcast certain bits of certain days, and then you had other bits and pieces to, to sort of fill the gaps. And basically with the BBC, you actually uh, join Radio 2 in the evening or at night, but you had to make sure you pressed the right combination of buttons, as otherwise something else could go out by accident. And I'm not really very good with technology anyway, and also my job was I was lent to other radio stations where the buttons would have been different anyway. Way. So you'd have copious notes of uh, other people who'd been there and say, oh, you need to press third one along, third one down and put a plug in there, which is way beyond my uh, my capability most of the time. And I was at Radio Humberside in Hull and I'd actually had a really good time there. It was terrific. It was just at the end of my first time there. And you had to do certain things before you went home in the evenings. They, they finished about sort of eight, nine o'clock or whatever. You had to interrogate the transmitter, which is fascinating because you you'd phone this number, which would answer and you had a list and it would say things like mast lights two buzzes and you'd listen to it and go eh, eh. oh good the lights are working on the mast so the airplanes are going to fly into it you know uh, reserve power working eh. one buzz yeah okay and so you look through all this then you had to sign it to say that you know the transmitter's working perfectly all the lights are on it so that's fine and then what you need to do is is to make sure that uh, such and such a button is pressed because at 10 o'clock there is the news and then radio two we go well, okay fair enough so okay press the button and off i went went down the pub about eight o'clock down the pub had a few drinks got the bus back because i was well over the drink driving limit it's five to ten got into bed turned the radio on to hear this voice going good evening it's john peel here going What's John Peel doing on Radio Humberside? I pressed the wrong button. Now what do you do? You know, by that time, probably the last bus had gone. You're in your jammies, go rushing into the centre of Hull, trying to press the right button. Or do you think, I wonder if anyone will notice if I don't do anything at all? And you know what? Nobody noticed. The best time of the day show is back Monday. Please, please stay. Best Time of the Day show is a Loading Zone production. La-di-da.